Hit it. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You're listening to Pod Me If You Can. This is Pod Me If You Can. Movie reviews by David and Lloyd. An Australian podcast on your favorite movies. Go to www.podmeifyoucan.com. Welcome to Pod Me If You Can. I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. Today's film is All Eyes on Me, the Tupac biopic directed by Benny Boom that came out this year. And it tells the true and untold story of the prolific rapper, actor, poet and activist Tupac Shakur. If you haven't seen the film, just a heads up, spoilers, we will be discussing the film at length and obviously you may know the story of Tupac and you may already have had the uh, plot spoiled, but uh, if you haven't seen the film and you're intending to see it, We'll be getting into it here. Lloyd, uh, for me, this, you already know how it ends, like I say. So uh, the way they kind of build pressure and suspense uh, is very interesting. I feel like this is one of the rare times you could have started the film with the ending and then flashed back. Because you know the ending, you know? You know where this film is headed. You don't have to slow crawl towards it. They, the final pacing of that scene where they're getting in the car and you're heading towards Tupac getting shot, uh, for me, was so uneven. The whole film was so uneven. It starts off, you know, with him as a kid telling his story, 1995 in prison. We jump back to 1971, the Black Panthers. Then we go to 82 and he gets a notebook that will get you... Further um, than a basketball. Fur- further than a basketball. Then then it's 87. Suddenly it's 88. People are getting stabbed. Things are moving at a crazy pace. In like five minutes in this movie, we jumped like 10 years, 15 years. And I was like, parts of it, it the pacing is a huge problem for me. But anyway, I'll let you talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was huge um, into Tupac back in the day. I don't know about you, Dave. And and this is coming from someone who is from Australia growing up in the suburbs. It just highlights the power of Tupac's music, I I think. And a lot of people here in Australia were heavily into Tupac, especially in the basketball culture, which I played a lot of when I was young. And it may, of course, helped with the fact that Tupac himself was in a really awesome basketball movie called Above the Rim, which features in this film, All Eyes on Me. And I think hip-hop music has always been the soundtrack of basketball and I can't tell you how many days we would meet up after school and play basketball and talk about rap music, especially gangster rap songs. Yeah, I was one of those guys. <laughs> and you I got, got the in- East Coast, West Coast feud. <laughs> the, the rivalry. I got into Tupac after his death between 97 and 99 and I think the beats in his songs were magnificent and there was this rage, this anger that was so eloquently sung with like that distinctive voice um Tupac seemed like the coolest guy to us on the on the planet and no one really had any idea about the Tupac story this was just before the internet where I grew up very few of us had a home computer and even fewer of us had access to the internet which just seems crazy to think nowadays (laughs) and and the only way we could get these stories of Tupac was through magazines um the source being one i picked up a few of those and of course we got stories from word of mouth like from and of course from the rap songs themselves it's not like today where you can go on wikipedia and you know 
it's, it's all there. So all these stories we heard of Tupac just seemed unbelievable. He got shot five times. He's been in brawls, convicted and served a prison sentence. And he seemed like a legit gangster. And after watching this movie... The stories weren't far from the truth at all. He did have a good education but grew up in a very rough and tough neighborhood. And then when he matured into stardom, it just seemed like the violence increased. I as well found Tupac uh, after his death. I guess I've always had kind of a fascination with people who die young. Um, I really did like the films of Heath Ledger before he passed away. I sort of got onto James Dean and... These people who have become these cultural icons, um, it was not so much the music for me with Tupac, I was more fascinated with the story. And I saw a documentary that I'm going to struggle to remember, but it was a documentary filmmaker who wears all his equipment and he did a, a series of like trying to find out the truth on Tupac. In oh, a film. who killed him and so forth. Yeah, and so I'd seen that in advance and years ago and you know assumed it was shook night based on the evidence and stuff but um yeah that was a big conspiracy the biggest conspiracy i had when i was growing up was that he was going to return like mm. after, after seven years or something like that something to do with the number seven tupac was going to make a comeback and return so many people i knew believed that and, yeah, you know, right. because we didn't have internet, we didn't know what was going on. We just hear these little stories on magazines and take that as, you know, what, what was actually going to happen. It's crazy, though. He was only 25 years old and he crammed a lot of life into oh, those it, years. Oh, it was incredible. Yeah, absolutely. When you're telling his story, though, you know, they really fast-tracked his success. He didn't have a lot of um, <laughs> obstacles besides being uh, poor and things like that. It was like, oh, I met this girl. And she said she'd get me a, an audition, and then I did my audition, and then they go, welcome to the digital underground. <laughs> He's immediately on stage, like it took 60 seconds. There was no, uh, I guess, rap struggle for him there. Like he just knew his stuff. Yeah, well, I, I, the biggest issue with the movie is that it feels like it is a made-for-TV movie. As a yeah. made-for-TV movie, I think it's pretty solid, but as a feature film, I felt it didn't zero in enough on the person of Tupac Shakur. Like the film moved, as you said, very fast, starting with his mother and went pretty much, you know, as, as a child um, all the way to his death. And I, I love that ambition um, that it wants to show the full scale of Tupac, but at the same time, it didn't have the craft to make the film great. There were a few char um, chapters in the film that were handled poorly. Like I thought the rape scene should have been more ambiguous. The The film immediately takes Tupac's side, but unless the film has a footnote here and the producers have uncovered some hard evidence that I, I don't know about, they really don't know what happened. Yeah. And it's such a murky event. I think they should have just, I don't know, have, have a cut to him in the courtroom telling his mother he, he didn't do it. And the scene where the kid gets shot at the park, I heard it was from Tupac's gun. A brawl opened up in the park and Tupac's gun fired a shot and it killed an, uh, a kid that was standing by um, who he later play, paid some you know huge amount out of court settlement. Um, but from what I read, it wasn't intentional and someone apparently took Tupac's gun and dropped it. Or, you know, the whole thing's messy. But I, I thought the filmmakers should have made made that a bit more ambiguous. They, they did that okay, but just murky scenes like that, you don't really know what happened, so don't take a stand. But if you don't take Tupac's side, then this becomes an unofficial biography and they don't let them use the music and 
you can't like in death everything is forgiven and you can't not glorify him here because otherwise yeah the estate and whoever you know doesn't let you make this movie you think they um, had too much of a say i i do i think you have to glorify him you have to you know uh take his side in exactly those murky conflicts and um there's probably a lot going on behind the scenes you know just in the making of this film about how much to include and how much to sort of cover certain events but you're right uh it does take his side absolutely but um i watched another biopic a little while ago and it was the britney spears biopic and it is awful what's it called Oh, goodness. I'd have to look it up. Hang on. No, no um, problems. Because I, I I got into the whole music biopics and I'm so disappointed. I still haven't seen um, uh, Straight Out of Compton, which I really want to watch. But I really enjoyed 8 Mile. I thought that was a fantastic small movie. And I didn't mind the 50 Cent movie, um, Sonic Die Try and Get by. Yeah. Tess I, likes that movie too. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't remember it, but I, I didn't mind it. I really like these biographical uh, uh, movies. And, um, you know, so t- when you said, oh, do you want to do All Eyes on Me? I was like, yeah, that sounds really interesting. I've always wanted to know more about Tupac because, as I said, I got into him before the internet. So it was all just word of mouth. And then watching this movie, and it, it a lot of critics have used this statement. I'm going to use it again here. It felt like the script was just taken off the Wikipedia page page and we're yeah. just going through bullet points um, of are, it, w- yeah. which I do agree but at the same time it does highlight wow as you said he's only 25 years old and look at all the things he's done it is crazy the the actor they got for this um, Demetrius uh, Ship Jr wow did he look just like Tupac it was eerie just how much he looked like him I don't think he captured the charisma of Tupac I don't think that's ever going to be possible but my gosh there were so many moments where he's just smoking a cigarette or you know he's the way he's walking just through a crowd just like wow that's Tupac you know 100%, yeah. yeah it was just absolutely sublime sorry the um britney spears movie sorry yeah my my point there it was called britney ever after and it was a 2017 tv movie on imdb currently it has 2.4 out of 10 who, who stars in it natasha bassett who's an australian actress and um i'd love to talk to her one day about her experience on this because... I, I gotta watch it because I'm, I'm really fascinated with music biopics I, I don't know why it's always the same story hotel room drug problems um, they have the one true love that they're having issues with. And I think the idea of this film, um, Tupac's one true love was kind of Jada Pinkett. But Jada, yeah. Jada Pinkett, sorry. But I do hear um, uh, stories where she's like going, I, he never read me that poem. I, I don't know where that's from, you know, and all this. And so many celebrities, like including 50 Cent, are talking against this movie, like the false segments in this movie but it's just like oh man they got to take dramatic license somewhere you know <laughs> yeah maybe they should have spoken to jada pinkett smith before making the film though <laughs> so this the problem with this britney film just to finish on it is they don't have license to any britney songs so they basically have these sort of britney-esque songs and each one's weirder than the last or the scene commences with her stepping off stage and going how was that or whatever you know you don't kind of get the performances that 
definitely this film had. Um, oh my gosh, when they played the two-pack music from All Eyes on Me, I, you know, surprisingly, I was not a big fan of the song California Love. There's so, <laughs> so I'll get into it. How many uh, two-pack songs I really like, but when they played some of the two-pack music, I, I, I was just immediately brought back to the mid to late '90s, and I was like, going, yeah, <laughs> I think his music's fantastic. California Love is my favorite, and, and I'm not a big fan of his music. Like, like I said, I'm. More fascinated with the story and his downfall but you were saying the main actor looks exactly like Tupac absolutely and sometimes I feel like they didn't have a movie script and they saw him as an actor we gotta make like (laughs) oh you know this guy could he could play him and that just became a bit of a pipe dream and then like you say they put together a script off Wikipedia and (laughs) I don't know maybe there was some inciting incident where they were like Someone thought they saw Tupac, but it was this guy. <laughs> yeah, John Singleton worked with Tupac, I think, on Poetic Justice and knew Tupac and actually wanted to do the movie so bad, but he had d- big conflicting ideas between the estate of Tupac and what they wanted and then what he wanted, and that idea fizzled. But I, I think for a made-for-TV movie, I think this is very serviceable. And you get, like, at the end of the movie, you get the impression, wow, this guy did a lot being, you know, and only being 25, he did make a big impact on the music world. And it does show the violence and the sort of juvenile attitude of a lot of this East-West Coast rivalry because it did seem like punks fighting each other. Obviously, this is talking from a person living completely outside that world. But um, that's the impression the movie gave to me was just not even small turf battles, but just you slurred me in a slong, so now I'm going to come back with everything I've got. I found, um, you know, without knowing the full story, uh, they kept showing like how hard the streets were and people kept getting stabbed. I found that a bit, uh, bit repetitive. Like you've established the streets are a dangerous place and you sort of don't need to hit me over the head with it. Like, that was to do with the runtime. I was looking at 139 minutes and thinking what I would trim out of this movie. Uh, And there were these occasional scenes that I thought, I don't know why that was in there. I I thought some of the prison scenes were very confusing. Like, they introduced this older prisoner who gives Tupac some advice on revenge and to be careful, otherwise he'll end up in prison forever. And I have no idea who this person is. And the film really doesn't give us any backstory about him, but they treat him like as this very important character. It just came across so comical to me, this wise sage coming out of nowhere telling him these important lines, and I was just thinking, who the hell are you? (laughs) For me, I I wished, and you know, you you can't rewrite history. It's sort of got to stay as true as possible. But for me, I was thinking, wouldn't it have been great if that was his father figure from like the Black Panthers. Oh, I see, yeah. You know, someone from his past that had... (laughs) They could have made that a friend of his father or something. Yeah, they could have, yeah, because... Or they could have had him say, I know who you are, you know, I knew your father or whatever. I knew Um, your father. No, I am your father. (laughs) (laughs) I got some important advice for you to keep out of prison. He wanted me to give you this, and he gives him, like, some important medallion that he wears for the rest (laughs) of the film. I mean, then we're just we're just retrospectively kind of making this up, aren't we? <laughs> like, you've got to take some poetic license, but yeah, we can't sort of we can't change what's happened. The whole glorifying him thing. Um, there was this thing where he was like, "Do it my way, more vocals," you know, and people were just like, um, "Wow, you're the best, Tupac." And there was that scene where that he says, 
I need you to put me on more stage time now or else I'm going to walk. And they're like, no, just kidding. It's your movie. Do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, there was this real vibe of like, you're the best. <laughs> it's everything you want. Tupac wasn't afraid to put his heart out there. The songs Dear Mama, Only God Can Judge Me and It, it Ain't Easy really shows like a sensitive side to his soul. And despite the common lingo of rap music where it makes it fashionable to degrade women, um, he did have a lot of songs for women. And I knew so many girls that loved Tupac. He was a very good-looking young guy and he was a gangster and girls loved that tough guy stuff. And a lot of music reached them. And I think the most popular examples was me and my girlfriend from the album Machiavelli, Brenda's Got a Baby, which features in this movie, and Baby Don't Cry, I think features in this film as well. And he spoke of the problems from the poor black American community, specifically with the drugs and gangs and wars and the poverty and, of course, the violence with the police. Like, I can't imagine what Tupac would be singing about now in this Trump era. It would be really interesting to hear his voice and opinion on what's going on. And plus, it's this age where a lot of young black people in America are being shot by police. And I think the same thing was happening in the 90s, but they didn't have mobile phones with cameras to, of course, Probably, yeah. Yeah, to, to capture those in- incidents like they do today, especially with the live streaming and everything like that. You know, so maybe not much has changed. And this is a big thing in American culture, the gun control problems and the violence. And I'm sure it's, of course, very scary for an American police officer to do their job in these very tough areas. Like, as we saw in that example, that that couple that are fighting and she just stabs the guy in the stomach. That was just brutal to watch. You know, a lot of this movie just got me thinking, wow, a lot of the situations that I'm seeing in this film you know, is very relevant for today in, in, in this um, in this modern age. And a lot of Tupac's story and his voice resonates so much in different cultures uh, around the world. And I think um, they they did a good job with the, the character of his mother. Oh, she was uh, fantastic, and, yeah. And the way they had that kind of link that when she was in prison, she was pregnant. So he'd kind of been in the prison since he was in the womb, you know, and it was like returning to prison when he went to jail for the alleged rape. And they had a lot of stuff kind of going for it. And like you said, this is a very serviceable vehicle. And it really did work as a kind of one of the better biopics, you know, certainly with casting, but glorifying him, which I feel like they were kind of pressured to do. I'm not sure I've ever seen a movie where, you know, the lead character dances with someone on a dance floor, and then it cuts to kind of a semi-gratuitous blowjob the way that this film did. I think that it was in The Doors, but I don't think it was in a nightclub. I think it was more in, uh, as um, the main singer of The Doors, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his name. I love The Doors as uh, well. Is it Morrison? Yeah, Morrison. And he, as he's singing a song, I think he's getting a a, a blowjob by um, uh, his, his wife at the time while he's singing a song. <laughs> um, you know, I really liked some of the stuff when he was in prison and getting interviewed and some of it, not all of it. And it's the first artist in American history to be number one while in prison, stuff like that. You know, the hitting those historical moments for Tupac was really good. Yeah. It seemed like the narrative structure, the main, um, 
uh, structure of it was the interview in the prison. And then when he gets out of prison, Isuj Knight um, pretty much bankrolls him out of prison. That big death row sign comes on board and you're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a, a, an incredible album, All Eyes on Me. And I do love it how it shows him working with Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg and so forth like, like that. And they're just all getting together. To, and it, it was so interesting for me to see the construction of that song, like just how much rage and anger he had coming out of prison. He had so much to say and there was this big rivalry building between him and Notorious B.I.G. and Puff Daddy, who shot him and all that. I was just like, wow. And the nerd was coming out because since doing podcasting, I've always kept an eye out for microphones. And I was like, oh, so um, Tupac recorded this on a Neumann U87, you know, as the microphone <laughs> in the studio. I don't know if it was. And, you know, like I think I spotted the Electra voice microphone in there somewhere. So all that was really interesting, the construction of All Eyes on Me, the album. I don't know how much of that was based on fact. And, you know, Suge Knight seemed like he was portrayed like this iron devil, especially as he arrives in prison, like he's like you're about to sign your contract with the devil, so to speak. I think that's obviously the strategy that they were going for. And you had that big dinner table scene that seems like something out of Untouchables where he walks up. Oh, sinister, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was so sinister. But that's exactly how a lot of these gangster rappers um, go about their, their image, they love those old Italian gangster movies like The Godfather, like The Untouchables. You just got to see a lot of their cover art in their albums, like the um, Snoop Dogg's albums or uh, uh, Master P. I, I don't know, I'm throwing names out here, but they love <laughs> modeling themselves on those classic uh, gangsters. I thought the performance of Shook Knight um, was a really good one. And uh, having seen him in that documentary, the imposing ma- manner in which he carries himself was was definitely copied out here. He was a suitable villain kind of character and um, believable. I also kind of thought maybe we should have seen, if you're going to go and cast like um, Snoop Dogg and other characters, you know, that are around rapping in that time, maybe you should also kind of cast, you know, what uh, Biggie's doing with... Um, Puff Daddy and whoever else on the other side. And they also and did a movie called Notorious, which I think yeah. the same actor... Same actor, Jamal same act- Woolard. Now I've got to see that movie. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. Oh, well, you saw uh, it. I, okay. <laughs> I remember thinking, um, geez, he does seem familiar. And not till after seeing the film did I look it up and see that it's exactly the same actor. I was feeling a bit racist going, oh, I don't know. This feels <laughs> like... <laughs> Um, but yeah, the Shook Knight stuff, I didn't know anything about the Quincy Jones's daughter, Kedada Jones. N- neither did I, yeah. You know, at all. But I knew Rashida Jones is Quincy Jones's daughter and I thought, whoa, like connecting dots and stuff, uh, you know, of a story I have no sort of, you know, uh, no idea about ahead of time. It was really fascinating. But as well, like if you're going to introduce these real people like Jada Pinkett Smith, I think as well he dated Madonna. There would have been more interesting fodder if you want to take it in more of a scandalous personal life kind of way of what Tupac was doing. There's a bit more of that. And also kind of the thing that made me think this was uh, glorifying him was that I think after his death, his mother like released lots of different albums and stuff and unreleased tracks. There were so many yeah, and uh, she made a whole bunch of money off his death, and that was never really said. 
Um, the fact that all this stuff was done post Tupac's death, the way that wasn't focused on at all, um, the way it sort of ends with that final sort of shot of uh, the camera lifting up away from the body, soul leaving the body style, which is such a done shot. But yeah, just the afterwards was just like, he was great, everything he did was great, things were great, <laughs> you know? Buy, buy the CD. <laughs> Yes, definitely pick up the soundtrack because I'm getting a piece of that too. <laughs> yeah, Tupac did a, like a lot of angry songs as well, especially the rivalry hip hop artists, notably of course the song "Hit 'Em Up," which features in the movie. And oh my gosh, for angry young males everywhere, this is the song you play to get you to get you revved up. It was amazing at the time, and I still think it holds up pretty well. The sound effects, the skits, the 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 anger captured in these phenomenal beats that just made your head bounce sort of thing. <laughs> um, but I grew out of that ang anger personally when I reached my late teens. I didn't need to embrace all that rage, but the power of that music and... I never really understood the East Coast versus West Coast um, war, and I loved Notorious B.I.G. as well, so you know I didn't have an allegiance to one side or the other, and not many of us knew or understood the lingo in the rap songs. Like, I didn't know what the popo was or click or gat was, but I'd say 90% of what they were saying we kind of pretty much understood, and most of all, they were really well-done rap songs like that caught the imagination of the entire generation. And in this film, it features certain moments where he sings on stage, and that's obviously lip sync. And Demetrius Ship is, you know, I'm um, trying to sing along to the music. Do you did you think it captured some of Tupac's charisma? Because I've I've actually never Certainly. seen footage of Tupac singing on on stage, but they seem the film seemed to pause for these moments. Uh, you know, oh, he's he's stage. still performing as a hologram. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, look, he it seemed very much to capture what footage I had seen of his him performing. Absolutely, they've uh, picked outfits. The costume designer's done a good job. Outfits and just mimicking the moves of Tupac. I thought it was very genuine. And gen generally, I like this movie. I thought it was too long. I thought we took too long to get to the inevitable shooting that you know is going to happen. Um, just towards the end, they really were like, let's split up in the cars. Yeah, yeah. And you're <laughs> like, oh, be here it comes. right back. Well, I actually <laughs> found know? that all interesting because it felt like a methodical play out of this is exactly what happened. And I was like, oh, yeah, I never knew exactly how he got shot. So maybe they can, you know, uh, break this sort of down. And which is exactly what I got. So I was happy with that. But I could perfectly understand how it's just like, oh, we know it's going to happen. Just get to it. Uh, just specifically yeah. about the craft of Tupac he is a rap singer and so forth I thought the rap music was handled so well in 8 Mile how they tease us and it's actually Eminem playing um the um the main the rabbit <laughs> rabbit um how they tease us we don't actually see his craft but everyone talks oh he's actually really good because he does get stage fright in the initial scene and we see hints of him writing we see like little um rap battles at work and then finally in that climactic moment he beats three people just himself 
in a in a rap battle and it was so awesome um in this one right away obviously they can't tease us <laughs> with Tupac's craft but they throw us right away into um Tupac uh Tupac's music and the only song they really break down is Brenda's Got a Baby which showcased um how much cultural significance i guess that song has and how some some of the hardships that the that that people have to deal with in the hood um which i thought was interesting i thought they needed a lot more of that because there's so many tupac songs where there are so many layers to it and they could have really broke down some of his music and and the and what the effect it had on um i don't know on 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 people around the world and how why did those songs resonate with so many people around the world to me eight mile is a superior film yeah same uh, yeah and i love the fact that he's working on those songs on the rhymes on the bus and like his lyrics and the fact that he can improvise and the rap battles of it and it's all stayed in my mind lloyd everybody from the 313 put your motherfucking hands up and follow me (laughs) now look while he stands tough, notice that this man does not have his hands up. This free world's got you gassed up. <laughs> Who's afraid of the big bad wolf? One, two, three to the four. One puck, two puck, three puck, four. Four puck, three puck, two puck, one. Your puck, his puck, this guy's puck, none. And then Hibbity there's... Uh, I didn't understand what you said. Hibbity blue blah. <laughs> Hibbity hoo blah. <laughs> does this guy need a tank top or a new bra? <laughs> Yeah, and the fact that he spins it on um, Clarence, who obviously people now know from the Marvel films as Falcon, as Falcon, <laughs> and he's like, uh, his real name's Clarence. His parents have a real good marriage. You know, I loved all of that, and uh, that worked perfectly with the story. And obviously, it's a drama. Like, it's not the real life of Eminem, and he's not playing himself. And I heard that at the premiere of Eight Mile, um, at the end when Lose Yourself hits, that the curtain went up and he did a performance to the crowd in the theatre. They just watched the film. Curtain goes up and it's a live performance. And oh, I thought that, that would have been, been an amazing awesome. thing. Yeah, that would have been so yeah. cool. For me, um, they hit us over the head a little bit. Um, I felt like sometimes watching All Eyes on Me that I was watching Walk Hard. <laughs> you know, that he has to think about his entire life before going on stage or something. <laughs> like That's the flashbacks we're getting. Um, which, you know, for me, this, this could have been tighter than 139 minutes. And I wrote in my notes, we get it. He's like Shakespeare. Because <laughs> the amount of times he referenced Shakespeare, yeah. said something from Shakespeare, he's like a modern Shakespeare. It reminds you of when the cool teacher turns the chair around and says, do you know who else was like Shakespeare? Rappers. Because <laughs> <laughs> Shakespeare was a rapper too, guys. <laughs> yeah, they're going to have to study Tupac in, in high school now, you know. <laughs> they might. They might do it, man. And that... That Jada Pinkett Smith stuff, uh, there was a series of tweets where she basically discredited this film and said that the actors did a good job but that the facts were wrong and that he never read her that poem and that they never said goodbye and this never happened and uh, people can find that. But It must be the worst thing to release a movie and then to have all these celebrities just talk it down going, oh, it's all full of crap. Uh, Jada Pinkett Smith, uh, John Singleton, um, uh, 50 Cent, you know, all those guys were just talking this movie down. Man, that must be so heartbreaking. To be honest, they probably were happy for the publicity because, you know, if they're talking about it, people want to see it. 
If you're catching stories where somebody's discrediting a movie, you might go, well, I can see it for myself and make up my own mind. And it probably didn't hurt the box office. I, I really enjoyed um, watching this movie, Dave, when you told me to watch it. I found it really, really interesting and got me listening to Tupac again. I just had to go through my iTunes and just like, oh, yeah, i got to play that album, you know, and um, because the, it, it just rejuvenated uh, so much of the of nostalgia for me, especially the mid to late nineties, and seeing all these stories that weren't far from the truth. Uh, what he was rapping about in his songs, like the the truth, was you know very close to what what he was singing about. Was just absolutely sublime. Really blew me away. And as we said, it's a very serviceable film. The craft definitely isn't there in the making of this movie. Just a lot of murky handling on on very complex subject matter so to speak but um i think if you're interested in tupac this is definitely one to see if you've never heard of tupac this is still something you should see because this guy just to see how much of an impact this rapper made on the world especially when it was showing um how much uh, the government was talking about um these rappers and how they were uh, you know like talking about how some cop killings were inspired by Tupac's music and it brought up the whole idea well should we send of, of the whole idea of censorship and everything like that who's influencing who that was very very interesting and i'm glad mm. they didn't go into that because <laughs> it's <laughs> such an exhaustive subject matter well there's i'm sure there's room for them to talk about it in many docos to come uh, Jada Pinkett Smith's final sort of lines where she says, what happened to you and stuff? She almost could have said, I'm going to go off and find a nice, wholesome rapper and marry him instead. Because <laughs> I think she would have hated watching that because it sort of alludes to the fact that she... He sort of says, this person doesn't exist. You're not going to find a nice, wholesome rapper. <laughs> For her to be like, I will one day. You know, it feels like that. <laughs> Just... Almost laughed. Um, how did, how did Tupac keep his head together with all those things going on? And it was such a, it's not like, like, it's not only a financial stressful environment he's in or the relationships he's around. It's like everyone that's around him, he doesn't know who to trust. Every all the media is constantly attacking him. And on top of that, he's, he's um, sort of sparking a rivalry that is so violent like it did kill him in the end you know um this rivalry I, I don't know how Tupac functioned with all of that it just seems so surreal and I, I hear you know obviously there are many great artists out there and they have to deal with the d depression and and the the pitfalls of fame and so forth and the backlash of the media and then on top of that the drug problems that they might have and the relationship issues but Tupac on top of all that is also dealing with violence <laughs> on a day-to-day -day basis the amount of beatings that's showcased in this film and i'm sure they only touched on that it's just like oh my gosh and there's actual footage of him in las vegas getting into um full um hand-to-hand uh, -hand fights with um other yeah. rival gangs so it's just crazy to me that surveillance footage they showed and and they didn't quite imply that maybe the shooting could have been because of that there were some dots that weren't totally connected, but anyway. Did you, last thought, did you um, think that was Snoop Dogg's voice? I, <laughs> I'm glad you brought this up. I've heard two <laughs> things. I've heard two, uh, Snoop Dogg actually re-voiced it. And the actors just, um, you know, um, lip syncing. That's what I thought. Yep. Yeah, well, I actually heard um, critics say that. But then I've heard from... 
from a podcast and they they confirmed it like they were pretty confident saying no no that that wasn't the case at all that's actually the actor doing the voice he just did a really good job of it but i don't wow. know who to believe now <laughs> that, that's an amazing job if it's his voice um i was sure that it was yeah snoop dogg absolutely who is now a grandfather, by the way. <laughs> Snoop Dogg. The, um... Wasn't it funny how he grabs the knife and he sits in the seat? I've, I've, uh, that, that was a really nice little detail there. Apparently that actually happened. Um, he, Snoop Dogg got really freaked out and, you know, he sat in the back. But I just like the fact that, okay, if it was going to go down on that flight back to Lo- Los Angeles, he was going to go down swinging, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're isolated. You're in a plane. I can, You know, he's smoking a lot of weed. I can see why he's paranoid. <laughs> all right well tell us what you guys thought of all eyes on me you can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash pod if you can if you head to pod if you can.com you can find our twitter handles and you can always send us a personal tweet and uh, we'll probably reply to you if you're not too aggressive but <laughs> we um we're living, a million miles... <laughs> we're living a million miles away from the events of um all eyes on me you know in safe little australia where um we don't have or we, I suppose, do have the kind of gun control that, you know, uh, prevents sort of shootings being a, a daily or weekly or whatever occurrence. So uh, we're, we're lucky in a lot of ways, but, um, you know, uh, the, the influence of Tupac has even reached our shores. You know, as Lloyd said, the music sort of transcends, you know, culture and, you know, country and things like that. So... Um, it was good to see this film. I just want to personally say uh, my favourite album was All Eyes on Me uh, I, and I think my favourite songs, like, oh, my gosh, um, recently when I went to the bank, or recently, that was like 2011, the bank nightclub in Las Vegas when his song um, California Love came on, everyone went crazy and it just goes to show how how much longevity uh, are in his songs. Like, he's hit that classic mm. status. It's been so long and it's still like playing in nightclubs. Well, this is 2011, Barry. Yeah. No, I'm sure it is. And I, I've um, still put on California Love yeah. from time to time. It's a good song. Yeah, yeah. Well, I really like the dark sort of stuff like Holler At Me, this great epic dark song with haunting vocals by Nancy Fletcher. And I really like the song Pain, which is the feature song he sang in um, Above the Rim, the, mm-hmm. the movie. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, I, I was big into Tupac and um, watching this movie again. I just makes me want to listen to his music and all the stuff where it showed him working on movies and how he missed out on higher learning and stuff that was fascinating to me i am um, yeah yeah i got to see that um, movie that he started off playing juice oh, yeah. I, I didn't know anything no. about that yeah i saw gridlock with um uh tim roth that, that was interesting that wasn't touched on at all in the movie but yeah well people can find uh, our podcast on itunes or podmeifyoucan.com there's a back catalog there and uh we've also got a youtube channel you guys can check it out give us a rating in itunes if you can and uh send us a tweet tell us your fondest tupac memories as well oh well, one more thing actually um i recently watched i am heath ledger for those who are interested it's a documentary using real footage uh from heath ledger and his life and uh, I found it really fascinating. If you're a fan, I'm sure you've already seen it, but uh, it is worth a look and you do sort of get this nice new insight uh, kind of behind the scenes of what was going on through his life because he filmed everything. And um, it's another one of those gone too soon type cases. But uh, we will talk to you next time on Pod Me if you can, where I'm sure we'll have something equally fascinating to talk about. And uh, thank you very much for joining us. Hit it. Ooh. 
for listening. Please like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Go to www.podmeifyoucan.com. Pod Me If You Can. Movie Reviews. 